Hello and welcome to From No Crypto to No Crypto. This is Blockchain Wayne bringing you another cryptocurrency podcast. Today's episode is brought to us by Coincierge Club, mobile private key wallet and point of sale solution. Coincierge Club makes purchasing easy, safe, and the overall process more efficient while costing less. Helping to make cryptocurrency mainstream. All right, so let's dig in and look at what's going on. Looks like the bears are currently fighting the bulls. Again, that's the best bull uh, sound effect I could find. But yeah, so yesterday we saw Bitcoin drop below 7,000, a key support level. Been holding above 6,800, currently trading around 6,950. Uh, most of the altcoins, though, are trading in the green as they've seen a better performance over the last 24 hours than Bitcoin, which leads leaves the current cryptocurrency market at $225 billion, basically flat from the same time I recorded the last episode. So not a lot going on. We're going to see what's going to happen. Bitcoin does need to hold this key support level 6,800 and start moving back up for the bulls to be back in control. All right, so let's take a look at what's going on in the news today. So ICO advisory firm Sadas Group uh, predicted that the Bitcoin price could potentially reach $98,000 in the next five years. It states in terms of upward tendencies in cryptocurrencies over the next five years, BTC will reach 96,000, but they also throw out some key predictions about other cryptocurrencies. They're saying that Monero will reach 18,000, Decred will hit 535, Bitcoin Cash is forecast to slump to $268 after it attempts to inherit brand recognition, which they're trying already. And then, and then also crypto assets, which have centralized ownership, will supposedly represent little value with a forecast at ripple price of one penny. So definitely this stirs up some controversy. Uh, this article is posted on our Facebook page from No Crypto to No Crypto. Give us a comment on that article. Let us know what you think. Are they right about Bitcoin? Are they right about Ripple? And why? Why do you feel that way? They also predict that Ethereum platform will lose share, nearly entire half of its share by 2028, although it could see a run over the next few years, but long term they see some flaws in the protocol. So next up, CBOE Global Markets, the owner of the Chicago Board Options Exchange and one of the world's largest exchange companies, is launching Ethereum Futures, which was reported by Business Insider yesterday. So sounds familiar? Back in December, they launched Bitcoin Futures. And what happened to Bitcoin in that time frame? A lot of attention, a lot of hype. We did see things go up. Will the same thing happen for Ethereum? It's too early to tell, but we'll have to see what happens. So CBOE. CBOE will reportedly base its Ethereum futures on Gemini's underlying market. The operator also based its Bitcoin futures on the New York-based crypto exchange run by the Winklevoss twins. So CBOE, as I mentioned, launching BTC futures last December. Futures, what is futures, right? What does that mean? Futures is, futures represent an agreement to buy and sell an asset on a specific future date at a specific price and enable investors to speculate on the BTC price without actually having to own BTC. BTC futures are not just for physical assets. They can be traded on financial assets as well. So what does that mean? If you're betting it's going to go down, you're going to say on this date, I'll buy it at this price. Now, someone can make a fortune if, if that happens. Um, so it's basically just a giant bet. Next up, so Binance is back in the news. So cryptocurrency exchange Binance continue to wow cryptocurrency commentators. So what happened? Their profits in Q1 2018 are as much profit as NAS, I'm sorry, 
as much profit as NASDAQ with only 4% of the size of NASDAQ staff. So a comparison was uploaded Twitter, you know, uploaded to Twitter uh, on August 30th, showing that for the period, Binance pulled in $200 million against NASDAQ's $209 million. The figure represents one of several linked to Binance rapid growth to circulate among the online community. If you remember a while back, there was an article comparing their profits to the Deutsche Bank, which has been in, been in business for quite a while. Many were saying you can't compare a bank to a crypto exchange. So that's why this comparison came about. Someone was trying to compare apples to apples. You've got both trading exchanges and looking at the profit of them. So both Binance and their CEO has been criticized recently over issues ranging from decentralization claims to allegedly huge, huge multi-million dollar listing fees for new tokens. All right, what's next in the news? Pope Francis. Thou shalt not use the Pope's name as a scam. So looking at it, Pope Francis has become the latest victim of a crypto scammers on Twitter as a network of bot accounts promoting scam ICOs and fake crypto giveaways continue to target public figures. This is a huge thing. What you got to look for is it was a legitimate post by the, by the Pope, a legitimate tweet. What happens is in the comments, someone will have a name very similar with the same profile picture and post a giveaway like this one. Um, you know, it, it basically said free crypto giveaway. And what it is, is then a, a, a army of Twitter bots will comment, like, share on those on that particular comment, which both boosts it to the top of the page, putting it right under the original post. So it makes it look makes it look like it's coming from the original account to the untrained eye, to the average eye. Just be aware of those, that's something that is in the uh, that is happening a lot on Twitter. So next up, Walmart. So Walmart wants to build an army of autonomous robots controlled by the blockchain. Walmart's getting in the game. Now, when I first saw this, I was expecting something around their cashiers, their front end, maybe, you know, having robots on the running their cash registers. Cause as we know, 90% of Walmart's cash registers go unused most of the time. Uh, but that's not it. They're looking to use robots for delivery of packages through different legs of the supply chain. So not what I thought. Kind of worried if you think about it. The last time we, we saw a company, a huge company the size of Walmart, start to use ro robots was back in the Terminator movie days. So let's just make sure that Walmart doesn't create a legion of robots that eventually try to take over the world. Uh, all right, next up. Now, this is not crypto related, but this is in general to how the world is changing today. And most of the education that you receive after you stop formal education is really what's crucial to your success. So Google, Google, Apple, and 13 other companies that no longer require employees to have a college degree. Now, that, that's, that's a big deal because so many people are graduating college with a degree, a lot of college student loan debt, and not able to get a job to pay off that debt. And sometimes if they do, they're spending a big portion of their income just to pay off that debt. Now, I'm not anti-college. There, there are definitely certain times where college is important. And, you know, if you're going to be specialized, say, say as a doctor or a lawyer, uh, then obviously, yes, you, you want to go to college. But many college degrees are not educated, whereas work experience, getting, getting out there and getting into the workforce is more important or going to uh, specific formal training for your criteria. So back in 2017, IBM's vice president of talent told CNBC that about 15% of our company U.S. hires don't have a four-year degree 
She said, instead of looking exclusively at candidates who went to college, IBM now looks at candidates who have hands-on experience via, say, a coding boot camp or an industry-related vocational class. So is blockchain the best place to learn about cryptocurrency and how to, how to if you want to be in blockchain coding? Probably not. There's probably going to be a lot of resources that are going to pop up for that in the future. All right, so let's move along, hop in the quick to our crypto education corner. Today we're going to look at an indicator called Fibonacci retracement. Now, Fibonacci retracements, what is that? Uh, now, I know it sounds like either something from an, an opera or an Italian gangster movie, but it's not. So it's named after someone who lived very long ago in the 1200s, but without getting into the whole history of Fibonacci and what it is, the level used in Fibonacci retracement in the context of trading are not numbers in the sequence, but they're derived from mathematical relationships um, between numbers in the Fibonacci sequence. So the basis of the golden Fibonacci ratio, 61.8%, comes from a dividing number Fibonacci series. So when you look at 61.8%, 38.2%, 23.6%, those are all key Fibonacci levels. And what happens is traders identify those as key trend reversal levels, uh, whereas you see key levels of resistance and possibly a trend reversal for quick day trading as we hit those different levels. Uh, so Fibonacci levels are depicted by taking high and low points on a chart and marking the key Fibonacci ratios. Uh, if you use TradingView, which tradingview.com, you can create a free account. You can try out those indicators. Fibonacci level allows you to select, um, what, you know, select that, that indicator. And let's see, the horizontal lines are used to identify possible price reversal points. So the 50% retracement level is normally included in the grid, even though that's not an actual Fibonacci level, but it is a key level used by traders of a potential reversal. Um, Fibonacci retracements are often used as part of a trend trading strategy. In the scenario, traders observe a retracement taking place with, within a trend and try to make low risk entries in the direction of the initial trend using Fibonacci levels. So simply put, traders using strategies anticipate price has a high probability of bouncing from the Fibonacci levels back in direction of the initial trend. So other popular indicators that can be used in conjunction with Fibonacci, because remember I've mentioned in the past, you don't want to just use one indicator. This is just one of many to form your opinion, your hypothesis on what you think is going to happen. So you can use candlestick patterns, trend lines, volume, momentum, and also moving averages, which we talked about in a past episode. So when you have a greater number of confirming indicators in play, it equates to a more robust reversal signal, and typically more is... Uh, is, you know, it's more likely to come true, I guess you should say. So, all right, let's move on. So I, I mentioned in the past, we're going to cover at least two cryptocurrencies every day that have a working product. Today, we're looking at Monero. Monero was released in 2014 as a fork of Bitcoin. As you mentioned, you heard me, uh, you heard me talk about Monero in, in earlier in this podcast, where it's predicted by, you know, in the next five years to be worth about $18,000. So most cryptocurrencies offer little in the form of an anonymity. Uh, Monero is a privacy coin built from the ground up featuring stealth addresses, ring signatures, and complete coin fungibility. So what does this add up to? Near perfect cloak of anon anonymity. Allowing Monero users to conduct transactions without exposing their identity. Monero's had steady growth over the years thanks to a dedicated team of developers. So many people are looking at Monero as their function use case as a true privacy coin as the battle plays out, whether or not governments will get more strict on cryptocurrencies or be more adoptive of cryptocurrencies, privacy coins have their place and it seems to be very popular in the crypto space. Next up, we're gonna look at NEO. So NEO was founded in 2014 
as one of the earliest smart contract platforms. Now, yesterday, if you look at episode 29, we went in depth about what is a smart contract. Um, it's given a wide breadth of possible functionality. The platform's strongest use case is digitizing traditional assets so that they can be easily tracked and exchanged on the blockchain. So NEO is kind of known as the Chinese Ethereum. Um, and it's a Chinese-based project seeming to make Chinese uh, DAP developers somewhat more likely to build on top of it than other platforms. So China has a huge stake into the, the blockchain game. So that's why you can see NEO used a lot. NEO has already supported dozens of ICOs and remains one of the predominant platforms for smart contracts rivaling that of Ethereum. All right, so that's it for our episode today. I want to thank you for listening. A key reminder, all of our all of the news we talk about today is, is posted on our Facebook page from No Crypto to No Crypto. Make sure you're following that page. You can click follow on the Facebook and it'll give you the option to select see first so you never miss one of our updates. And give us some comments. Let us know what you think about these articles that are posted. Also, as mentioned in every episode, we do have a book for sale on Amazon called From No Crypto to No Crypto, A Beginner's Guide to Cryptocurrency. It's a short 40-page read that gives you the basics of what you need to get started and where to get your resources to learn as you go in this cryptocurrency journey. Uh, it is available in paperback and Kindle ebook, and we have a special when you purchase the paperback. You get the Kindle ebook at no cost. It is free. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you on the next episode.